Hello, guys. Hi, everyone. How's everyone doing this morning? Yeah? Are you guys enjoying yourselves? Yeah? Hey, can we just, I just really want to just take some time just to honor the kids' team. They, they were here yesterday for three hours setting up this place, and then we were here from eight, setting up this entire place. Can we just give them a big round of applause? And just a special mention to Sarah and Arella as well, who actually came up with the whole concept and got all this done. Can we give them a huge round of applause? And then finally, can we give, can we give Josh and Sam Eck a massive round of applause? Weren't they awesome MCs? They were great, weren't they? Um, just give me one sec, let me grab this. All right. So this year, we've had, had a really epic year at kids' ministry. Um, it's been really cool because we had, we had Orange Sunday where the parents came over to our, our kids' ministry, and it was such an awesome opportunity for us to partner with parents because that's what we're all about. We're, we're keen to partner with parents and, and the, the older generation so that we can see kids growing up and knowing God for themselves. Um, so something's, something's happening at kids' ministry, and God's doing something really awesome. And we have, we have a video that's, that's coming up, and, and it, it outlines just, just what's going on in their lives and that kids are actually able to connect with God. And it's not just, it's not just a thing that adults do. It's not like, oh, this is real church and over there is playtime. That's totally not what's happening. We are playing. We're contextualizing the gospel, right? But it's like God is doing something. And the children are really hungry for God. And last year, we had an epic kids camp. We had kids camp where kids were praying in tongues. They were getting slain in the Holy Spirit. They were receiving words for each other. They were praying for each other. And it was just really amazing to see God moving in a generation that we normally just, just go, oh, yeah, we'll just send them over to childcare, right? We'll send them over, check them into childcare, and, and then we'll come here and worship God, right? But actually, God is, God is moving, and it's really awesome. So have, um, have, a, have a look at this video. Check it out. Um, yeah. And... It all started in Malaysia when we had to move to Australia for better education and a better job for my dad. Um, it was really hard until we finally found a job. And then my, I had to go to kindergarten. My sister had to go to primary school. And when she came back, I always made something for her to eat. But then we started having fights. And then my mom got pregnant. We had a baby brother. And then a few years later, we had to move to a house, another house. And since then, things started to got really terrible. We started yelling at each other, hitting each other, until um, I had a dream when God said everything would be all right. And he showed me a solution to everything and when I used that solution everything stopped fighting everything just calmed down a little bit and got better he helps me to do what Jesus would by giving me the Bible and then I can act nicer to people and help other people know about God at Kids Camp last year, we had this pastor pray for us, and then um, me and my friend Sam, we both fell down. God has made an impact in my life by um, show, showing that someone cares about me, and that even when 
I feel isolated that there's always someone um, there and that God is powerful and he knows about everything. I get visions through God in my sleep sometimes. It kind of like helps me to know what's coming up next. So like early last year, I had this vision from God. It was through my sleep. I had this like vision where a group of people were sitting on the floor doing some activity. Later on that year at kids camp, we were doing that same activity. We were sitting on the floor and it was like exactly how I pictured it. Well, when I was in three and two, I used to go to a or oh, I'm still going to Catholic school. But the problem is um, we didn't go to church. So I didn't know about God much. Um, we did have religion, but it didn't mean much to me. I used to be really mean and all that. But until I went to church, I realized how God and Jesus, actually how kind they were. I changed myself to be a follower of Jesus. And I, was, I became nice to my brother, my um, sister. I'm more close to God now, and I feel Him more. I felt God was here, and and He was now at my happy moments, my mad moments, my sad moments. Jesus changed my life. Now He's just there in me. Now, so so He He'll make everything more fun for me, and He still. I think He still has some things in store for me. To do. Awesome. Wasn't that just such a powerful video? It's really amazing. It's really amazing just to see that God is leading these kids and He's He's speaking to them. And it's not it's not just it's not just something that they make up because kids are really honest. And I remember at kids camp um, one of the kids, he fell over, and I asked him, oh, what happened? Did you get pushed over? Because, like, you know how sometimes, like, it happens anyways. Um, and then I was like, did you get pushed or anything? And then he was like, no, my legs just gave way, and it just fell. And it's like one of those things where it's like kids' ministry, it's just so raw, and kids are really honest. If they were pushed, they would have said it. They would have been like, nah, that wasn't God. That was someone pushing me, you know? Um, and as you saw in the video, every child is unique. Every child is different. They have a different story. They have a different upbringing and they have different callings. They're all made for a different purpose. Um, and so it brings me into our key verse this morning. And um, we're just going to, um, I'll do it. There we go. Yep, there we go. So this is our key verse. So it says, train up a child in the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not depart from it. This is from Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. And so before I, I unpack what's going on in here, I, I, I'll just open up in a word of prayer. So would you like to just join me, kids? Hey, let's try this out just before I pray. Waterfall. Perfect. It's <laughs> just how we get kids to be quiet. <laughs> All right, let me just pray. Uh, Father, I just really want to thank you for this time that we have um, just to... Um, come together as a household of faith, Lord God. I thank you that we have this opportunity to come as, as um, all the generations, Lord, to celebrate every single generation, Lord God, that um, 
that it's important for us as a household of faith to support one another, to, to uh, love one another, to bear with one another, to um, yeah, live with one another, Father. And so, Lord, I pray that you will challenge us, Lord God, and that you will, we will, our hearts will be open to what you have to say today, Lord God, that everybody here has a, has a part to play in the lives of the, this upcoming generation, Lord God, this now generation, Lord. So we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this, this passage, train up a child in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not depart from it. Like when we, when we have a read about read it, it looks really simple, right? What do we need to do? We need to train up children, right? We have to train them up. And what will happen if we train them up? When they're old, they won't depart from it. So simple, right? It's like, it's like do A and B, and then it becomes C, right? One plus two is... Quick maths, well done. <laughs> it's actually two... Okay, anyways. <laughs> All right, awesome. So one thing, like even though it's so simple, for some reason we're seeing many people, when they get old, when they grow older, when they reach you know, youth, when they reach young adults, when they become an adult, when they start a family, when they, you know, when they become an empty nester. For some reason, some people fall away from their faith. Some people don't end up, you know, staying, staying with their faith for the rest of their life. They end up departing from it, even though this Bible verse says the complete opposite. So I was trying to think about, I was going, what's the missing link? There must be something missing. Right, and so Chris actually um, recommended me to do a bit of a word study. So I so I went into the Hebrew, right? So I went into to find out what the word train means, right? Training up, and so it's it's um, this word. It's kanak, right? And so can everyone say that kanak? Yeah, great. I had spent a bit of time trying to learn that, but it was good. Well done. <laughs> um, and so that word it means to narrow down. Um, in, there's an actual another, another word that's very similar, and it means to, to choke, right? Which is very, very different. But when you, when you think about the root, it kind of means to narrow, to like bring it in, right? And so it means to narrow, to discipline, right? To train or to dedicate. Um, and so as we read that verse again, right? When we read it we, with that in mind, we, we can think about it and we go, okay, so it changes the meaning of this passage because it doesn't just go like, oh, train up, like, oh, generally just, you know, run a boot camp and get all the kids to come. And then, you know, we speak one message and they, they're saved and then they, they won't depart from it. But now we, we read it and it goes, you know, disciple a child or, um, or narrow down on their skills for a child, you know, narrow down on their calling for a child or to, um, what's the other one? To, uh, dedicate your time, dedicate them to something, bring them specifically to something, like hone in on, on where their growth is, on where their, their skill sets are. Be very specific, be very intentional, right? And then you do that in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they won't depart from it. So now the verse, it changes. It becomes not just something where you go, oh, okay, cool. Uh, I just have to tell them these these five things. You know, I have to tell them what the gospel is. I have to say, oh, the gospel is Jesus dying on the cross for us and we don't have to work for our salvation because Jesus already paid the price, right? We Like, if we just go and tell them, 
it's not going to work. We have to really understand them, get into their minds and transform them, you know, like bring them to their own revelation, to their own understanding. And so um, I kind of came up with a little bit of a model, like a, a little bit of a way for us to, to guide the kids. And so I follow this. So how do we guide the next generation? And the first word is grace. Last week, Chris spoke about giving grace, right? He, he was sharing about how you can't, just, you can't just prejudge them and go, oh, they're the youth, you know, they're just going to muck around all the time and it's just all about games or kids ministry, oh, they can't even listen and they're, they're just going to play with their toys and then whenever we come there, they're just playing games and they're watching shows and all those kind of things. When are they actually going to learn about the Bible, right? And we, we, we sometimes prejudge and think about it and go, oh, why, why, why don't people just do it? Right? And, and so what we have to realize is that children are actually really smart. They're very intentional with what they do. Sometimes they just muck around sometimes, right? But overall, they actually know what the right thing to do is and what the wrong thing to do is. And so when, when your child is like playing computer games for like, like two hours, right? They, they actually think they're okay. They think that they're doing the right thing. And Sometimes it can be the right thing, but it's one of those things where in their minds, they're still trying to figure it out. And so instead of scolding them and going, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Like take, a, make, take some time to be on a journey with them, you know, journey through and have grace to open the conversation rather than just disciplining. Yeah. Um, and so the next one we have is understanding. So last week, Chris said the main roadblock like the main roadblock for people to um, cross intergenerationally is understanding. They don't take the time to understand. And so I really want to encourage you guys, like take that time, like talk to your kids, like spend that time, you know, hang out with them and then understand their logic because kids are logical. Like I know Sam, he's a logical kid. Where's Declan? Where's Declan? Where's Declan? Declan? He's a logical boy. I'm pointing you out because I, I really rate your logic. Because um, what happens is um, in kids' ministry, I'll preach, I'll share stuff, and then he'll always ask like, a question. He'll be like, but what about this thing? Or like, what about that thing? And then he, he actually is thinking for himself. And it's really awesome to see that, that he's actually got a step-by-step process in his mind that's going on. And so when you're speaking to kids, try to understand, try to listen to them because they have a train of thought that they're going on. And if you match with that train of thought, you're going to connect with them. All right, kids, do, do you agree with that? Do you want your parents to listen to you more? Yeah? Yeah? Do you want your parents to understand you more? Yeah? Do you feel misunderstood sometimes? Yes? Yes. <laughs> well, it's normal. I think it's a struggle for everybody, even for me, right? I don't have kids yet. I'm in a relationship, right? I, I proposed this time last year at Kids Sunday. Yeah? So... Is today the surprise wedding? No, no, it's not. <laughs> All right, so, so for me, I, I struggle with it too. Like sometimes I have my way of thinking and I just go, hey, Nat, just do it this way. It's really easy. But then she's like, I need to process my feelings first. Okay, it's too overwhelming. Sorry, where is she? Where is she? Oh, yeah, there. Yeah, sorry for pointing you out. But yeah, she's got to process her feelings first. But for me, I just get to it. I just go, you can just fix it if you do this, right? 
Have you guys seen that video? It's like it's not about the nail in the head. Have you seen that video? Anyways, anyways, I'll look it up. Google search it. It's not about the nail. And then it's like, you know, it's really funny. Anyways, take, take some time to understand. Take some time to process it from their point of view. All right. Next, we have identify. So now that we've, we've broken down those grounds, right? We've broken down, like we're understanding how they're thinking, like we're trying to understand, right? It'll, it'll take many years. But as you've understood, now it's time to identify. So I got a really easy model. So I like using letters to model stuff. So I'm going to move on to my next model. So we're going to identify our shape, right? So everybody's a shape. I, I like to say that I'm in shape, right? But some people say, no, you're not in shape. Then I say, no, well, round is a shape, right? So, so it's pretty good. And, and yeah, it's like maybe sometimes I might eat one too many falafels or something and then just like gets a bit, you know. Why falafels? I don't know. I'll just like falafel. <laughs> I, I've just been craving kebabs, so that's what it just comes to my mind. Anyways, identify our shape. All right, so the first one, spiritual gifts. So this is actually... Not me. I didn't make this up. This is someone else who made it. Um, so you actually can go online and look up the shape test, and then you can actually answer the quiz and everything, and then it comes up with what your shape is. And so the first one we have is spiritual gifts. And so there's some spiritual gifts that they, they list out. Um, it's not everything, but it's just what they use, their model that they use. So there's administration, there's evangelism, encouragement, encouragement, giving, mercy, prophecy, pastoring, serving, teaching. And then, and then um, so pretty much we need to take some time to figure out what are our kids, what are their abilities, what, what clicks for them, what works for them. Because if you try to make a fish climb a tree, they're not going to climb a tree, right? It was like this, um, this other day I was reading on the news about, about um, a, chocolate, a chocolate bar called Tolberone. And they actually recently changed um, the, the width like how far apart each Tolberone is. And, and so people actually got really annoyed and angry at them because it's like, why did you change the way it was? Because we liked that previous shape, right? So it was slightly wider. And so recently, Tolberone just came out and they said, we're changing it back, but we're going to increase the price because it's cost too much to make it like that. But it was pretty cool because it was like, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're a particular shape, if you work a particular way, there's no point trying to change out of that shape. You want to you wanna be able to embrace that shape. So when kids who have a lot of attention struggles, right, they're like, want to go here, want to go there. It's like they're actually just super creative that they're thinking about other things. They're dreaming about other things. But it's just if we are trying to sit them down and do maths and, you know, get them to do certain things, they're going to struggle a lot. And that's not where they're optimally placed. So, yeah, so that's spiritual gifts. Um, heart. Um, the next part is heart, and it's when you when you think of heart, you got to ask yourself the question: What am I passionate about, or who does my heart cry out for? And so, some of you adults, you know, you know who those people are. They could be your home group. They could be somebody from what from Uzbekistan, right? It could be like being, becoming a mission, like going out for missions and. Um, going to another country, right? Or somewhere in Africa, like Nigeria or whatever, right? Like some random place, like everybody here has a heart for somebody or something. 
And so I encourage you guys to explore that. And as you disciple these kids, as you even get the chance to chat, chat to these kids, figure out what their heart is for, because it could be for their friend, you know, and you're telling them to go, you know, and evangelize to their, their family member or something. But there's this friend that they really want to bring to church. Um, next, abilities. So now we get to abilities, and this is the, this is the most straightforward ones. Like, what are they good at? I was just at, where is he? Tristan. Where is he? Tristan and Nate. Where are they? Oh, there he is. I was just at Tristan and Nate's futsal game on Friday, and they are superstars. All right, stop dancing. Sit down. <laughs> they're, they're superstars. Like, Tristan plays goalkeeper, and he makes fantastic saves. He makes fantastic saves. And where's Nate? Oh, he's not here. He's at soccer. He, he is playing at a very, very high level, and he is definitely going to be the best player at church, like 100%, like hands down. When he gets to like 15, 16, he's going to be amazing. And so you guys are like, oh, why is Harold talking about someone playing soccer, right? It's, and, and soccer is something that resonates really well with me because it's a platform that I'm able to bring God's kingdom. It's a platform where I'm able to use my abilities and go play soccer, but bring people together. And I'm bringing people who aren't Christian, people who, like, who I meet like at Vermont South playing soccer on, on the Sunday night. And then I just go, hey, do you want to come join my team? We're going to make a super team, right? So then we go off and make a super team somewhere else. Um, and so it's just one of those things where it's like we need to figure out where our abilities are because sometimes that is linked to our calling. Isn't that right? Who here, who here feels like they're, they're living that out right now? They're living out their abilities and going, okay, this is for God. Yeah. Oh, Hubert, well done. Two hands. All right, personalities. So what kind of roles are you good at? Uh, are you more of an ideas person? Uh, are you the person who takes charge, gets everyone together? You're like the leader? Or are you the supporter? Because it's like, for example, I came up with, I came up with this concept, but... I need support people. I need people who can put balloons together. I need people who can climb ladders and, you know, drape things and uh, stick things together. It's like support people. Or are you the detailed person where it's like you're not happy if there's a hole in this step because Harold could step through and fall over because Harold wasn't detailed enough to come up with the uh, solution for a hole in the stage, right? Are you a details person? Because kids ministry, we need more details sometimes. Um, or are you are you a good speaker? Are you like, can you can you talk to people? You know, are you are you able to relate well with people? All right. So, last one is experiences. So, as we go into experiences, it's like you ask some questions. What have you been through? Have you learned something valuable from those experiences? And can you help others? Be, can you impact others and help those people who are going through what you've previously gone through, right? And I want to I want to st stay here for a little bit. Um, this is I think this is one of the most important things in in a ch intergenerational church in a household of faith. Chris always talks about being a household of faith. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, right? And and it's so important that we hold our experiences and share them. And we, we come up with them and go, okay, what has God been doing in my life? And we share them. Because there are kids here who don't know the adult's faith. They don't know what happens. They don't know, they don't hear about a healing that happens in the service. They don't hear about um, any of those encounters in the service because they're, they're with us at the kids' church, right? And so I really want to encourage you guys, use 
your experiences. You use them to, to pass it on to the next generation because there are some, some youths here, some young adults here who may not know how to save money, for example, who may not know how to set them up for their future, right? And some of you guys, some of you adults have figured it out. You know, you've got to start saving now. You've got to start putting stuff into here, start putting stuff into here, right? We need that experience. And I think it's a two-way thing. Like, for the adults, you guys want to share it. I know you guys do, right? But for us youth or us kids or us, you know, uh, younger people, sometimes we don't seem like we want to, right? And so I think it's a, it's a two-way thing. As young people, we have to actually also live out that grace. Like, at the start, you know how we had grace in the guide model? Grace needs to come from both ways, yeah? Because we know that we have good intentions for each other, so we need to extend that grace and go, okay, why is this uncle lecturing me? You know, why is this, why is this auntie telling me off for doing this? Why, why did Uncle Meliang tell me to wear shoes? You know, because I'm supposed to wear shoes, you know? Stuff like that, right? It's like, Harold, next time you go up on stage, don't wear slippers. That's what he told me, right? And I'm wearing shoes today. Thank you, Uncle Meliang. Where is he? <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> perfect. Um, and so, and so um, that's, that's, that's the shape, right? That's the shape. So spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, experiences. I encourage you guys, take some time at home. Just go through it. Just do it. Just try to get it done. Then you can see what kind of results you get. Yeah? And, then it, and then with the kids, like you guys, try to do it too. Yeah? Do it with your families. Do it with your parents. All right, kids? Is that a, is that a yes? Kids? Two people. Yes, perfect. Well done. All right. So we're going to move back, back into this. So identify. And then up next is disciple. So our approach of discipleship can't be a top-down. Like with this next generation coming up, they can't, like it's really hard to take advice if it's not asked for. If it's something where it's like, oh, why is this person telling me off about this when I actually care about growing in this, right? And so we need to actually be tactful. We need to not just give advice, but we need to lead them to think for themselves. We need to lead them to come up with a conclusion. Uh, I remember um, at Orange Sunday with the preschool, um, one of the sessions that we were running was about giving a child more, um, more um, power to decide what they do. Um, and there's, a, there's obviously a fine tension between this because we don't want kids to just run your life, right? So your questions need to be really guided. It's like asking like, Jeremy, would you like to sit on that chair or that chair, right? So if your child is struggling to sit down, you give them a choice, right? And you make it binary for them and you go, hey, do you want to sit on this one or this one? Then they go, oh, I get to think about this. I get to choose where I sit. And then they think that they're, they're, they've got the upper hand on you, right? So then they go, oh, I'll have that seat, right? And so we, we need to bring them to process it for themselves so that they can come up with their answer, right? Um, another example is like, um, I, hopefully this is helpful for you guys, but another example is um, the parent was saying to the kid, um, all right, you're going to shower uh, you got to go shower now, or it's like you got to stop playing games now. Do you want to stop now, or do you want to stop in five minutes? 
right? And then the parent, then the kid will go, oh, in five minutes. And then you go, all right, do you want me to ask you, do you want me to remind you in five minutes or are you going to do it yourself? And then sometimes they go, I'll do it myself. Or they'll go like, oh, can you please remind me? And then when you remind them, they go, oh, yeah, I told you to do that, didn't I? So, so then it's like you're kind of building in that, that kind of discipline in them and giving them, empowering them with, with the decisions to make for them, themselves. Um, and so we can't, we can't box these kids into one single program. On a Sunday, we have one and a half hours minus games, so about one hour, right? Maybe one hour 15 minus worship, right? An hour. We got an hour a week with these kids, which means that on average, kids' ministry has about 40 hours, right? Roughly 40 hours a year, to invest time into kids, right? But parents, you guys have thousands of hours. Like, you guys have 24 hours a day. It was like maybe six or seven of those hours per day. You guys multiply it up by 356. Someone, quick maths, 356 times seven. (laughs) All right, we'll just say 2,000. 2,492 hours, right? So... The contrast is very vast, right? It's very big difference. Our kids' ministry can only do so little, right? And so we actually need more time. And we can't just run more programs to get more time. We actually need to equip and empower the entire household of faith. Because you guys do you guys do lunches together, right? You guys go out and eat. You guys have opportunities to see even each other's kids, right? Other people's kids. Like, we actually have an opportunity as a household of faith to sow time into the lives of these kids. And it's not just going to be a generic thing. It has to be very specific. Just like I was mentioning before um, in understanding, right? It has to be very specific in, in how we train the kids, right? And we have to hone in. The last one, encounter. Our kids... Our kids need God. Isn't that right? Amen. Can I get an amen? Do our kids need God? Yeah? Yeah, our kids need God. You know, um, there's this one saying, and it was this. God doesn't have grandchildren. God only has children. So when you as a parent come to church and you accept Christ, your child does not become a Christian all of a sudden, right? Your child doesn't just go, oh, now that dad follows God, I'm going to follow God. The reason why that worked really well back in the old days is because whatever the father did in those times, everybody did. Whatever the, if the father goes to church, everyone goes to church. It's a very different social environment. And so when, when we talk about uh, like when one person saved, the whole household is saved, it's a very different environment from back then to it is today. And so every child actually needs to live out their own faith. We live in a very very individualized uh, society and we live in a very um, kind of like non, we're less connected as, as a community, right? And so every child actually needs to accept Christ for themselves. They need to encounter God for themselves. Kids, waterfall. Thank you. How about everyone do water? Waterfall. We'll try one more time. Waterfall. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and so kids, kids aren't just looking for some, you know, like fairy tale dream, you know, filled with unicorns and butterflies, you know, like they don't want just something airy fairy. They need something real. 
They need an encounter with God. We can't just tell them the Bible says this, the Bible says this, so you have to do it. You can't just go like, oh, Asher, the Bible says to do this, so you got to do it, okay? Okay? Is that good? Are you going to do it? No, he's not going to do it. See, he even, he even shook his head. He said, no, I'm not going to do it, right? He, he'll only do it if he has an encounter with God. Isn't that right, Asher? That's right, see? <laughs> um, and so as a household of faith, we need to facilitate that encounter for kids. And so as a household of faith, we need to create those spaces. We need to, that's why we put money into kids camp because kids camp is such an awesome time for kids to go away and encounter God, right? Or we put, we put money into the program. We put money into playing games so that kids come in there and it's not just like something boring, right? We create something that is contextualized to them so that they understand it, so that they come in and go, oh, I get to play with my favorite toy and then I get to hang out with my friends and then oh, there's a time when I learn about God and I encounter God, right? And so we want to create lifelong disciples. Isn't that right? We want to train kids so that they never depart from it, right? We want to train kids so that they go, I love God so much, right? I love God so much that I am going to serve Him for the rest of my life. Isn't that, isn't that what we want to see at church? Isn't that what we want to see at FGA? We want to see that across all of our generations. We want to see all the kids grow up and go, I want to be a follower of Christ for the rest of my life because God loves me, right? They want to go because God has a, the best plan for me and I want to honor that. And so it's not about rules. Some of us go like, okay, Christianity is a great way to create, enforce rules, right? I, this, this random thought just came up into my mind. I, I, I remember um, I, I actually was watching like a documentary on Vietnam because I'm from Vietnam, just see, so I'm born here. Parents are from Vietnam. Um, but in Vietnam, there's communism. And with communism, for some reason, they don't allow Christianity, but they allow Catholicism. And do you guys know what the reason why is? The reason why is because religion controls people, right? Religion can control people because it has rules. It has things that we have to do, right? But Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is not just following rules and guidelines. It's living out our relationship with God. It's receiving from God. It's going, God, what do you want me to do today? What do you want? How do you want me to live my life today? Give me an opportunity to see your kingdom come today, to bring your kingdom into my, into my context, right? And then God responds. God actively does something. It's not just God going, you must follow the Ten Commandments, because that's what the world thinks. The world thinks Christians are just following the Ten Commandments and they can't sin and they can't do stuff, right? But it's a relationship. It's to do with our relationship with God. And so I, at Kids Camp, we, we, we saw some of the testimonies and we saw um, how God breathed, right? Like the Ruach, right? Like, the, like God breathed into the lives of these kids, right? Ruach means... um like the breath of God, right? It's what happened when God was like, uh, when he created man and he breathed into dust, that's the word ruah. Anyways, I just randomly want to use that word. <laughs> yeah, nah. Okay, so the greatest show, we're here today and the greatest show is clearly in front of you, right? It's like we've got the lights, we've got the balloons, we've got stuff on the roof, we've got a cool stage that had smoke coming out and made us struggle to breathe, right? And it was a great show, right? 
But you know what? That's not what God's here for. It's not about the lights. It's not about the glamour. It's not about all of this. It's about us being a witness to what God has done. We have to, we have to shine our, our spotlight onto what God has done. His greatest show of love was to give us His one and only Son. All right? And so as followers of Christ, we need to shine that spotlight right to Jesus, not to ourselves, not to each other, but right to God. And so I just want to share something. I'll begin to wrap up. But I want to share something about what God has been recently doing in my life. And recently, recently I got orthotics, right? And so they're inside my shoe right now. It feels nice and comfy. Uh, my, my physio is just over there. Hello. <laughs> he was like, get orthotics, Harold. It will help. I'm like, all right, fine. And I was like, I actually got orthotics. And it's not the first time I got orthotics. I shared this story with the kids. Kids, you guys remember? Remember my story? Right? So I have this orthotic inside my foot. Right? And it's not my first one. My first one I got when I was about eight years old. And I was actually, the reason why this came out was because I was thinking, what happened to my old orthotics? Was I just so careless that I lost it? Possibly. That was probably true. But I remembered something very specific. And it was my shoes had massive holes on the bottom of it. So the entire rubber, like the entire rubber, split, right? And so my foot would literally touch the floor directly, right? So I grew up in a family um, where things were going like quite normal and then just things at home happened and I started to like, just things with my family just started to split and my parents, uh, they, they split and they divorced. And, and for me, growing up in that environment, I, to some extent, got neglected. I wasn't able to get the proper care that I needed. Like my parents love me so much and I know that they have done the best that they could but it would never suffice. It would never be enough, you know? It would never be to the level that God can provide. And so my parents, they, they've actually done a huge 360. I like to see my dad so often now, and it's like really good conversation, things like that. But I remember back then, I had these orthotics, and they ripped. And I grew up in a, in a household where things weren't going great. And something awesome happened to me. And I remember exactly the month, not the exact date, exactly the month, in September 2007, right, 11 years ago, I went to a fungus event. I went to a fungus Heroes Charity Night. Who was at Heroes Charity Night? Yeah, yes, two people. Okay, perfect. And at Heroes Charity Night, I gave my life to Christ. But that one moment did not, was not enough. That one moment wasn't part that changed my life. And I just want to, I just want to, uh, where is Quinton? Where's Mr. Loke? Is he here? Pastor Quinton. Oh, he's in the kids' room. Well, I just want to just really honor um, Pastor Quinton. Um, can we just give Quinton a big round of applause? <laughs> um, he, he was a really uh, big impact in my life. He spent a lot of time meeting up with me, picking me up from my house. He would come in his, you know, his van <laughs> and then he'll pick me up, right? And then, and then he'll take me to Fungus early and then I'll join in for prayer meeting and then he'll invite me to join the leaders meetings and all these little things. And over time, I built this relationship. Hey, Quinton. 
Hello. I just, yeah. And, and he, he spent so much time pouring into my life, pouring into the lives of even the other youths that were there at the time. And for me, I actually, as I was going through that journey with Quinton, in year 11, I opened up my Bible, right? I didn't open up once, right? But I opened it up, right? And I was read, I was finishing the book of Matthew, right? And I got to the end, Matthew 28, right? So I got to Matthew 28, chapter, uh, sorry, chapter 28, verse 18 to 19. And it says this, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And for me, that was my moment. That was my moment where I felt that God was calling me to full-time ministry. That was me in year 11. And seven years, eight years on, I actually became what God said I would become. You know, he said that you're going to go into ministry full-time. And right now I stand here and I'm in ministry full-time. And, and it's really amazing to see that God put a plan and a purpose in my life and he gave me that vision. And then I, I you know, built that relationship with Quinton and he helped discipline me, disciple me, you know, sharpen me so that I would hone in to where God's calling me. And so God calls us to come alive in our unique gift sets and abilities. He calls every single one of us to do that. And I went from this kid who, who had broken shoes where I would walk home in, in the rain and my socks would get wet, right? And my socks would start to get holes in them because I'm playing, I play sports in broken shoes, right? And I went from that kid, right, with possibly no future, with possibly just so much struggle in my life that I could have turned to other things, you know? But God saved me from that. God brought me out of that. And now I have a firm foundation, like literally. I am wearing orthotics, so it's really firm. <laughs> so I have firm foundation in God. And I can, I can attest that it was through what Quinton did for my life that he spent that time. He spent so many hours, you know, um, discipling me and, and um, giving me advice. And so this is the challenge for everyone today. Every child is, every child's calling is unique. The way that they live out their faith is going to look out, look something different to someone else, right? Some here, like you could be become scientists, right? Some of you could become like go and study archaeology and discover some more dinosaur bones, like triceratops bones or something like that, right? Or some of you guys might become accountants. Some of you guys might be bankers. Some of you guys might be business owners, kids. Yeah, some of you guys might be professional high-five champions, right? Yeah, holding hands champions. Is that what you guys are doing? Okay. <laughs> some of you guys could be, some of you guys might even become pastors. Some of you guys might even become, one of you guys might become even the senior pastor of this church in the future. How cool would that be? Like one of these kids, right? They might grow up, you know, and then become like our senior pastor. How amazing, right? And so you hear this and you're probably thinking, can I even disciple children? Like, can I even, like, train children up to know and encounter God? Like, I'm not equipped. Like, I'm not good enough, or I don't have the, the skill sets, or I don't have the patience, right? But I want you to change that. Change that perspective and add one word. And the word is how. So instead of saying, can I disciple children? Ask yourself, how can I disciple children? 
right? Or instead of saying, can I train children up to know and encounter God? Ask, how can I train children to know and encounter God? Because if we start asking the how question, we'll start to come up with solutions. We'll come, start to come up with solutions to those problems and then we'll actually impact people. We'll actually put an action to it rather than just giving up just because, you know, we don't think we can do it. And so we're a household of faith and it takes a village to raise a child, right? So it takes a household of faith to raise a child and the household is responsible to be actively involved in the spiritual growth of the next generation. So I'll finish with this. God calls us to come alive in our unique gift sets and abilities. So what are you going to do? Let me pray for you guys. Father, I just really want to thank you for this time that we have to really um, realize how important it is to sow time into the next generation, Lord. That it's not just up to the leaders, it's not just up to the pastors or the kids' ministry, Lord. It's up to the whole household. We need every single person's wisdom. Every single person here has valuable experiences, Lord. And so, Lord, we pray that those experiences, those testimonies will will come out into this next generation, Lord God. Just like in Genesis, where they have the accounts, the Toledo, where the accounts of testimonies where you are moving in their lives and they're passing those stories down to the next generation. Lord, we pray that those exact stories, those those exact experiences will pass down to this next generation. So Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will just come into this place and that that it will empower us, that it will it will it will be God breathed, Lord God, that it won't just be by our own by our own will and our own strength, Lord God, but it will be empowered by you, Father. So we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.